Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode number 181 of the Love Life Connection podcast. As always, I am so excited to be back in your earbuds again this week, and thank you so much for tuning in. If you've been listening to the show for a while, I'm so glad you're back. Welcome back. And if you're new to the show, I know there's a lot of new listeners from Summer Love School. I really want to extend you a warm welcome. Please take a dip back into the archives, listen to any episodes that have resonated with you, and make sure you reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant there. Please send me a DM, comment on one of my photos. I would love to hear from you. I would love to know more about you. I would love to know what you like about the show, what you want more of, what you want less of. I really want this to be your favorite podcast, and I would love to know how I can best do that. And the same goes for you if you've been listening for a while and haven't reached out. Let's make this one-way street that a podcast is and make it a two-way street and come connect with me over on Instagram and introduce yourself, tell me more, and all the things. Okay, so let's get to today's episode. I'm really excited. I really love these coaching podcast calls. They are just so I love how we can talk about, you know, maybe a big question that someone has, but then really boil it down to how it specifically affects that person. And this is exactly what is going on today in our call. So I got a really common question, Crystal is the caller, and she asked, well, every time I go back online, or think about dating or go out and actually date, I just immediately get really drained. And I just feel really overwhelmed. Now, this is a super common question, a super common problem that my clients 
client's experience. So there's not a one size fits all type of solution. But once we were really able to get in and really peek under the hood, so to speak, we could see why relationships and dating were just so draining and exhausting to her. So whether or not her exact situation applies to you, I really want you to be thinking critically as you listen to this episode and really all of the coaching podcast calls and think, how does this apply to me? Or think about the questions that I'm asking the caller and what would your answers be? And what does that reveal for you in your own life and the patterns and the questions and the problems and the struggles that you're having? So today my caller is, like I said, she's really frustrated because every time she gets online or starts dating, she just immediately feels overwhelmed and super drained. Again, totally common, totally normal question. Here's the thing. Relationships are supposed to feel uplifting and they're supposed to feel energizing and they're just really supposed to fill you up. Now, yes, it's true. There are introverts in the world and there are extroverts in the world. So if you're more extroverted, you're going to need more of that human interaction to feel to feel, you know, to feel good and to feel rejuvenated. And you may not get as drained dating, whereas some of you that are more introverted, you might have to have a little bit more boundaries around your around your energy and around how much you date and how many times you go on a date a week or how many people you talk to, etc, because that can drain your energy. So yes, that is true. However, if you're feeling drained and overwhelmed, as soon as you start dating, especially if it's been after a break, then something else is going on. There's something deeper. There's some sort of fear or belief that you have wrapped around relationships and letting other people into your life that we need to unpack so that this fear response doesn't keep happening over and over again. So without further ado, let's jump into my call with Crystal. And again, I want you to keep in mind these questions that I'm asking her and how can you make the question apply to your own life and what can that help you see? What patterns does it help you uncover? And again, come let me know. You can come find me over on Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant there, or you can come leave a comment on the show notes page. And you can find the show notes to this episode and all episodes over at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. All right, let's get to the episode. Hi, Crystal. Welcome to the show. How can I help you today? Hi. Um, I'm so happy to get to have this time with you. Um, hoping you can help me with this overwhelming feeling of exhaustion at even the thought of dating. I'll like scroll through online apps and then just get tired because I'm like, oh, because there's so much going through my head mm-hmm. while doing that. And it doesn't get that far. Yeah. What's going through your head? Lots of, well, I know you want us to let go of checklists, but there's a checklist stuck on me like a barnacle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Having to do more like with religion and um, as well as you know, like drinking and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. superficial ish things. I feel like religion's kind of a, a big one for me, but mm-hmm. yeah. Well, what's the conversation like in your head? Like, are you saying, is it more of like, oh, that person doesn't check out because they don't have da 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 da? Or is it more like, am I good enough for this person? Definitely the checking out thing. Okay. My, my self esteem has greatly improved over 
over time, but <laughs> okay, okay. Um, now okay. meeting in person because I have been on some dates. Meeting in person, that's where I recognize a lot of people pleasing, where I'm like trying to fit in somehow with that interaction in a way that's pleasing. Okay, okay. So, but before you get there, it seems like you're pushing people away. Oh yeah, because you're that's just judging them many. by okay. Okay. And, <laughs> and we can call that a safety mechanism, right? Like that's something that you do to stay safe. Yep. Mm-hmm. And where did that start? I don't readily have an answer for that one. Cause mm-hmm. I, I used to feel more open to dating and now not so much, but I do want the great guy in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So my guess is that this pattern started before even dating. Did you grow up in a house where everything was just like totally open and you could be yourself and you were accepted a hundred percent as you were? I would say I was accepted 80%. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And so what was that 20% that wasn't, that you weren't accepted for? If you had any kind of like negative expression of emotion or you had a problem with uh, particularly my dad, you were removed from the room. Like you weren't really allowed to express it without some experience of loss there, Mm -hmm. which didn't work for me because I expressed it anyway, but I was removed from the room. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So internalize those kinds of feelings. Right. And so then what did you do to compensate in those instances? I held on to grudges, Mm -hmm. um, which of course only hurts me. And I guess I kind of quelled or tempered those strong feelings and and found a quiet, safe place to let them out instead of getting to let them out towards the person I needed to. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really learn problem solving skills in my household. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not healthy ones anyway. Yeah. So tell me about this grudge thing. You would hold grudges. So tell me about that. Well, I do recognize that was one way I felt this false sense of power where, okay, I can't come to you with my problem that I have with you, but I have all this anger and energy. So I'm just going to always remember that and like not, not connect with you emotionally since you won't let me connect with you emotionally. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how'd that keep you safe? I don't really know how that kept me safe, except that I got to f- find some space to feel that feeling, even though I didn't get to really express it. Yeah. I think it also kept you safe. I mean, you just said it before it helped you feel, it helped you feel powerful. Yeah, it was fleeting, but yes. Well, yeah, it doesn't matter whether or not it was like the quote unquote right thing, or if it actually did, you know, in the long term, resolve the thing that you want it to resolve. But what, what I'm seeing is, by holding a grudge, it was just a way for you to keep your power with your dad. Definitely. Right. Yep. And so for me, the way I see it, like holding a grudge towards someone is only a short hop, skip and a jumping away from holding a judgment towards someone. I I could totally agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And to me, it almost seems like, when you go online, the only way you can hold your power is by just judging all these, you know, people that you're swiping. 
Yeah. Anytime I actually do match with somebody with the online out stuff, mm -hmm. it like scares me. I'm like, oh, what scares you? Like something might actually happen, and then I and I then what? Next day to see if I still feel like talking. <laughs> okay, someone might actually want to want to talk with you, but and then what? So I've only started a couple conversations. They didn't go very far. Mm -hmm. Mostly because I I start to feel overwhelmed, and then I feel tired. And I'm like, ugh, I'm just not going to touch it. Right. So I want to understand a little bit more about what the conversation is in your head because what's the overwhelm, right? Because like a lot of times, you know, I hear, you know, from women all over the place, like whether or not they're in the tribe or a client or just someone on my email or Instagram or whatever, and they'll say something like, I just, you know, I just don't even care about meeting someone because relationships just are so exhausting. And to me, that's really sad because yeah, relationships take work, but ultimately they fill you up. They energize you. And so what I want to understand better is what is it about talking with someone online that feels so overwhelming? For the experiences I'm having with the online app stuff, I, I can tell you like the, one of the big filters that I have on there is, okay, well, they, they either drink because I don't drink. And this is where I'm getting caught up on long held standards that I'm having a hard time letting go of, afraid to let go of actually. So I, I'm Mormon <laughs> and I was raised to like not drink, not do drugs, uh, look for a little Mormon guy and get married in the temple. And I don't really feel like there's a lot of that going on around here, but at the same time, like those are our superficial things. Cause you can find a guy that ticks all those boxes and he's a complete a-hole. <laughs> mm -hmm. He meets all these measurements, but that's still in my head. Like when I'm looking through these profiles and I find a guy that, you know, I am attracted to and would be interested in meeting. I start going through those boxes again where it's like, mm -hmm. Oh, he drinks. Um, and then I'm afraid if he, he uses marijuana cause I like, I don't want to, I'm really uncomfortable mm -hmm. having those kinds of confrontational talks. Like, Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, I mean, I think there's a couple of things going on. I think one, yes, you probably heard it over and over again. Like this is what you're supposed to, who you're supposed to be and who you're supposed to marry. Right. If that's how you were raised. Correct. Yeah. And so there is a part that's just like habit. Right. And for sure. We, I don't think we can discredit that. But what I think is really going on is that it's just a way for you to push people away. Yeah, it's, it's a cozy spot, even though it doesn't get me what I really So what want. are you so scared of? Like, what is, what is so scary about letting someone in? Not being able to let them know what I don't like or telling them something they're not going to like hearing. Like, I, that's where I kind of go back to my interactions with my dad as a kid, where I'm like, I wasn't really... <laughs> Mm -hmm. allowed to get good at that. <laughs> okay. Okay. And how did that little girl feel when she wasn't allowed to say something she didn't like or have an emotion like anger? What would happen to her? What did she, what was said to her? How did she feel? Uh, if you're going to be loud, you can leave the room. And if you don't leave the room, I'll make you leave the room. And that would just make me feel even more pissed off, like even more steam building up inside me. And I, mm -hmm. you know, didn't feel like I could disrespect or, or be disobedient towards my dad and definitely couldn't overpower him. So <laughs> what, was the, what, was the, what was the story she told about herself when those moments? 
oh, definitely that I wasn't wanted. And that, you know, I wasn't loved, but especially not wanted. Because mm-hmm. it's like you're, you're loved as long as you're, you know. Good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's no room for the rest of you. Yeah. Yeah. And so how did that little girl feel about that? I, I definitely, that little girl in me internalized it instead of externalizing it. So, I mean, it, it made me a straight A student. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see how you're you're even with me you're like avoiding the feeling you're like I oh maybe a straight a student right like and humor is great right like I like to believe I'm funny I don't know if I actually am but I don't think I am but um I like to believe I am and and so humor is there's nothing wrong with humor but you're almost like every time we might get to something where you have to feel something you're like I'm gonna throw in a joke here uh-huh <laughs> yeah I didn't notice I do that, but I definitely do that. Yeah. Okay. So let's connect back with her and her little girl. How old do you feel like when you're thinking of your little girl and being told to leave the room, couldn't have her feelings or her opinion? Like how old, how old, it doesn't have to be the exact age, but how old does she feel? I'd say about five. Okay. That's pretty young. It's pretty formative. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, when you're a little older, even like at nine or 10, you're still a kid for sure, but you have a little bit of understanding, like a little bit, not much more, but a little bit more of understanding that, okay, my parents are humans and sometimes they can be jerks. <laughs> At five years old, your parents are still very much like a, almost like a godlike figure. Cause if you didn't have them, you probably wouldn't be able to live very long. Right. Yeah. So like they're, it's, it's, it's actually quite traumatizing. You know, we think of trauma, obviously there's like trauma, like violence and death and divorce and, you know, ac- car accidents, everything like that. But there's also trauma that I think doesn't get recognized enough. And that is in childhood when your parents are basically, or whoever your caretakers are, are the ones who feed you and clothe you and house you. But then they're also the ones sometimes saying like, but you're not actually good enough. Like, that's a whole different ballgame than having some random kid in school or just some random person on the street saying you're not good enough. You're like, who the hell are you? Yeah. My, my parents were definitely my standard for okay. any interaction and yeah. the kind of standard set by my dad, even though he would never intentionally want to do that. That was what was set. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want you to go and close your eyes for a second and just take a couple of breaths. And I want you to, Bring your little five-year-old girl into your mind's eye. Well, she's already ready to cry. <laughs> oh. Can you can you let it out? Can you let the emotion out? I can. What is she feeling? Really, you're hurt. Yeah. just so hurt Mm -hmm. what would you want her to tell your dad if she could you hurt me every time that you send me away when I have negative feelings Mm -hmm. anything else you want to tell him I don't feel loved by you I trust that you do but I don't feel it 
because you don't have room for this part of me. Mm. What would, what would you want to tell her? What would you want her to know? Well, it took me into my adulthood to figure this out, but you are so lovable no matter what. And there's nothing wrong with your bad feelings. There's nothing wrong with having negative feelings your dad might not have the ability to tolerate them, but that doesn't mean that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? Nothing's coming up. Okay. All right. When you're ready, you can open your eyes. How was that? On one hand, it's good. On the other hand, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, un- discomfort isn't a bad thing. I do feel where I want to throw the humor in there, though, so I can deflect mm-hmm. really exposing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your dad... I mean, you said your dad accepted you 80%. In my mind, there is do or do not, right? There is no try in the words of our great master of Yoda. And so (laughs) when it comes to acceptance, either accept someone or not. And so the truth is, is that your dad didn't accept you. And that's really painful. It's really, really painful. And before actually, (laughs) yeah, it's really painful. And, um, and I think that, and, and, and so there's a lot of things, obviously there's pain from that, right? There's pain from that. And then there's the compensation that you did. So to keep your power, when someone doesn't accept you, you feel powerless. I don't mean you specifically, just in general, right? When you don't feel accepted by someone, you just feel like, what do I need to do? I need to stand on my head and like twirl around (laughs) to get you, like, it just feels it feels, it's an icky, awful feeling. And so it took your power away. And so you held a grudge, you kept to yourself, you shut down, you judged others, and that's what kept you safe. And it worked. And when you were younger, you needed to do that. Because you're five freaking years old. What else were you going to do? You know what I mean? And so now these guys, they're not your dad. And you know what, if they're not, if they're going to judge you too, then like, forget about them, whatever. You know what I mean? But these, and, and so now it, there's a part of you or now it's time to really bless and honor the part of you that did shut down, that did hold grudges, that did judge because it kept you safe and it was what you needed. And now it's just time to let that part of you go. Not even let go, but just like give it another role in your life. Like, okay, that role now is just going to be your discernment. If someone's a yes or a no, but it's not going to like jump the gun on it. Does that make sense? So it's just like shifting the role around a little bit. And the other part of this, which we haven't really talked about, but I want to make sure I say it is 
on a very fundamental level, your dad didn't accept you. And so there's a very good chance you don't accept yourself. Oh yeah. I have felt that one very, very intensely. Yeah. Yeah. And when you don't accept yourself, you're going to attract people who are going to uh, capitalize on that. Right. They're going to take advantage. Right. And so your work now is to really step into this place of radical self-acceptance. I can see like your eyes, like thinking about that. Like what, what is your question when I say that? Cause I know that's like a big thing. It's like, okay, what does that mean? It's like kind of like self-love. So what's your question? So I can guide you. What, what comes up for me is with radical self-acceptance. It's, it's like, no matter what comes up, like don't doubt it where I tend to run it through the ringer of overthinking it before it escapes my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think of radical self-acceptance, I think of being sovereign. And so being sovereign means like, yeah, I'm going to go on a date with you or no, I'm not going to go on a date with you. Or it's, I need help with this. I don't know how to do this. Or I need someone's input or I'd like someone's advice. Right? Like you can still ask for help and be sovereign, or you can still be very feminine and be sovereign. You can still, you know, be, you know, practice faith and trust and whatever, and still be sovereign. Right. And so part of it is a practice. Yes. Like the tangible stuff, like the things that you're going to do and say, and all that kind of stuff to yourself, but then also an interaction with others and boundaries and blah, blah, blah. But like I say, like with a lot of my clients, you can do all that, but if you don't do the underlying work as well, then it's, you're just going to be relying on willpower and that's just going to, is always going to feel like an uphill battle. Oh yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. So the more you can really connect with that little five-year-old girl who just did not feel accepted by her dad, because here's the thing, like not only did your dad not accept you, so you don't accept yourself, so there's a good chance you're going to attract someone who doesn't fully accept you. Not only that, there's a phenomenon that goes on in our brain where we're going to attract people who remind us of our parents because it feels comfortable and we mistake comfort with love. That would sense? suck. I spent a lot of time hating him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't want to hate my guy if and when I find him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I also think that, do you still feel like you hate your dad? I No, I don't feel like I still hate my dad, but I do still feel like I can't connect with him on an emotional level. Okay. Do you feel like you have anger towards your dad? I uh, don't feel like it's anger, but it might be. It's more like impatience. Okay. Let me ask you this. Do you feel like your inner child still has anger towards your dad? Probably. Like okay. She'd like to slap him around a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like it might be helpful to do like an FU letter. I mean, I get that's coming from a five-year-old. So that's a, like a little weird to think about, but, but I think there might still be some emotion to release there. I don't know, something to play around. It may not resonate at all, but it might be something to play around with. But what I do know is going to be the most important thing is for you to fill that void yourself right? When, you're, when your dad didn't accept you, that's painful. And so you want to feel accepted by your dad, right? Well, your dad, at the end of the day, even though he created that void, he can't really fill it for you. At this point, only you can fill that for yourself. And so 
and and the good news is like you can do that, right? Like psychologically, you can do that. You can write yourself your inner child letters and talk to her in meditation, talk to her out loud, and you can connect with her every day. You can put a picture up of her, you know, on your nightstand or something and send her love every morning and every night when you go to bed. And doing that will help you to, you know, fill that void. And then in real time, when you're feeling triggered, you're like, okay, who's, who's calling the shots here? Who's feeling triggered? Who's feeling overwhelmed, right? Is it my present day self or is it my five-year-old self? And if it's your five-year-old self, what does she need in that moment? And how can you give her what she needs? And that's kind of how the two worlds between like your inner child world, spiritual world connects with the tangible, like, okay, what does this actually mean? How am I actually going to accept myself? How am I actually going to change my habits and patterns and all that kind of stuff? Does that make sense? Yeah. As angry as I've ever felt towards my dad, I've never considered writing like an FU letter. It's always, always tried to take the higher road where it's like, like compensating is a good word. Compensate for that. Like, oh yeah, he's doing that, but I know he loves me. He's yeah. obsessed with this. <laughs> well, here's the thing. And this is something that you probably didn't get taught. Anger is not a bad emotion. I have been so afraid of expressing my anger. Yeah. Who are you angry at right now? Hmm. <laughs> I don't have a ready answer. That's okay. That's, it feels like a general anger though. Like if things just aren't going the way I want them to. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So maybe the FU letter isn't necessarily towards your dad, but maybe it's just like towards, I don't know, life or the universe or God or something. I don't know. But anger is a totally fine emotion, right? Like once we start calling human emotions good and bad is when we get into trouble because that's when suppression starts and you can't just suppress one emotion. You suppress them when you suppress them all, you suppress none of them, right? So like if there's a part of you that's suppressing your anger, there's also a part of you that's suppressing other emotions. And that's why I asked if you had any anger, because if you do, I want to support you in getting the anger out so that you can feel your other emotions. So you can finally release all of those emotions that you've been suppressing um, since you know, you're five years old or whenever this pattern began. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, you know, I think where um, anger gets a bad rep is because obviously it's associated with violence, it's associated with abuse, it's associated with unhealthy behaviors. And you can write a few letter, you can hit some pillows, you can hit some stuffed animals. And those are great ways. You can even like, I don't know if you live by yourself, but like just go in your house and just like scream or go lock yourself in your car, whatever, and just scream. And you'll find that it is the most cathartic thing to do in the world. It feels good. And if you think about a two-year-old who's having a temper tantrum, they're going to scream and scream and scream and scream and scream and scream and they're going to be angry, but then eventually they're just going to start crying and they're going to self-soothe and then they'll probably fall asleep. But my point is, is that they go from anger and they move into sadness. And once you move into sadness, then you can feel all the emotions. And sometimes that feels scary. It feels like a lot, but that's the path towards healing. I've spent quite a bit of time sad. Um, I don't know if it's because I expressed anger first and got to that point, but yeah, maybe, or maybe the sadness just kept repeating itself because you judged yourself for, for feeling how you felt. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's how you, you know, that's how you um, recycle emotions. It's like, Oh, I shouldn't feel this way. And you suppress it and then it comes back up. Okay. So let's, let's, I want to make sure you have clear action steps. So what are you going to work on? 
my F U letters, <laughs> mm-hmm. starting with my dad. Mm-hmm. Might let myself scream into a pillow, but I'll have to bury my face pretty good because <laughs> <laughs> I'm in an apartment. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you don't want to make people call nine one one or something like that. Right. You can also just go into your car and like drive to like an empty parking lot or something and scream. But anyways, keep going. Okay, yeah. So screaming, a few letter, great. What else? Inner child work. I don't want you to forget that. And radical self-acceptance. Yeah, and it might be helpful. I mean, for me, I like to have a list of tangible things of like what that means. So it might even, you know, think of like things that you do in your life, like when you go online, when you go meet people, when you're with friends or coworkers or your family, like when do you feel times where you don't feel sovereign? When do you feel times you've given your power away? When do you feel times where your boundaries have crossed? And like writing out all of what? Like every time I'm with somebody, there's few people that I don't feel that way with, but most people I feel that way with. Okay. So then those people either need to be cleared out of your life or the relationships need to change. And you can do, you, you can do baby steps. It doesn't have to be all, but start with writing out what does it mean for this radical self-acceptance, which again, I think just means holding your power, being sovereign in yourself. And so start with the things that feel the easiest. Okay. I can say no to this person, or I can have a conversation with this person, or it could just be the relationship with yourself. I can actually do this thing that I said I was going to do or whatever it is and work your way to the tens, right? Like don't go to like the hardest relationship, you know, that you can think of that you have, (laughs) you know, start with something that feels like lower hanging fruit and then go from there. Does that make sense? It does. But I I feel like I've been doing that kind of work and I'm in the hardest relationship to do that with. Okay, great. Great. So then maybe the entire thing is just for you to get clear on what does it mean to hold your own sovereignty in your relationship with yourself? Like holding up your own boundaries, saying no when you need no, asking for what you want. I feel fear come up for that. Um, because I'm already just imagining like, well, I mean, I can reflect on past experience too. So that's not fear. I mean, it is fear, but I just want that like, just to highlight, this is an example of your inner child. Like this is like a physical reaction you're having from something that happened when you were five years old. And so you can catch yourself in that moment and you can say, okay, little crystal, like, I I know this is scary. I know that you weren't allowed to, you know, have it your way when you're little. I knew that I know that you weren't allowed to be who you were and you weren't fully accepted, but you're not living in your dad's house anymore. And I want you to know that I love you and I've got you and that we're in this together. And I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I just want you to know that you're safe. So I'm going to like write all that down verbatim and rehearse that because (laughs) that is what I would want to tell myself. Yeah, so that's what I mean by when you when you feel yourself getting that trigger when you having when you're having some sort of physical reaction, like recognize like okay, this is this is like old programming, okay? And like it's okay, it's fine to feel fear. It's fine, right? Like if if you're hiking and there's a bear, I want you to feel fear, right? Like that's going to get the adrenaline kicked in so you get the hell out of there, right? So like it's fine that you feel fear. But I want you to recognize for what it is. It's just an old old reaction. And you can reparent that little girl so that eventually when you, when you do find yourself doing like the new habit of whatever it is, it's just habit change. You won't feel that flutter in your heart. Okay. I didn't even like notice until you called it out. Like 
that's a moment to tell myself that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Was this helpful? Very. Good. I'm so glad. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. I feel more uh, excited about <laughs> getting to that dating point. <laughs> Thank you so much to Crystal for coming onto the show. Thank you for your question. Thank you for being vulnerable. And thank you for being coachable. And yeah, that's a thing. You can be coachable or someone cannot be coachable. And I'm going to do an episode on this, I think, because sometimes I think with coaching, there's a misunderstanding that someone's just going to show up to a session and then the coach is just going to like, you know, do their little magic tricks or whatever. And then that person's going to be healed and all good and all is well. And that's just not really how coaching works. I think it's a really 50-50 relationship. You have to show up 100% and do your 50%. And so does the coach, right? And I can't show up to a call and, you know, help someone to heal or transform their life if they're not letting me in at all, if they're shutting me down, if they're shutting me out, if they're just saying, well, I don't know, I've done that before, it doesn't work, right? Like there's just no opportunity for growth. So again, I'm not going to go too far into this. I'm going to do an episode about this, but I also don't want you to think, oh, I'm uncoachable. We've all been uncoachable at different moments of our life. I mean, even I'm a coach, but sometimes I'm not coachable because I'm not open to someone else's perspective or someone else's questions. I just need to do my own work work in my own process before I can let someone in. But we'll get there in another episode. For now, I want to break down what we talked about in Crystal's episode. We covered a lot of ground. Now, if I was working with her over a longer period of time, there are a lot of things that came up that I'm going to go through in this in this outro or this breakdown of the coaching call. However, I would have covered each one of these topics in its own session of itself, again, if she was a client working with me together one-on-one. So let's break down some of these topics so that you have some takeaways and some action steps. So first of all, I said this in the intro, but I just want to say it again because I really want to emphasize it. Relationships aren't supposed to feel heavy. They're not supposed to feel draining. They're not supposed to feel exhausting. And you're not supposed to feel resentful in relationships. If they do, there's something deeper going on. Now, once we got into Crystal's family history, which, by the way, we barely skimmed the surface in this call. So I'm sure there are a lot of other memories there. I'm sure there are a lot of other beliefs that were passed down. And, you know, those would be things that I would want to uncover over time. But for right now, I think we got probably the biggest piece or a big piece, which is that she wasn't actually accepted by her dad. There's no such thing as being accepted 80%. You either accept someone or you don't. You're accepted by someone or you're not. And to not be accepted by your own pain, by your own parent for who you are, that's really painful. That really hurts. And so, of course, she's developed some sort of coping mechanisms to deal with it. And so she learned to please. Now that's one way that she learned to deal with it, but there could be all sorts of ways. And this is just what Crystal did. So she made sure she got good grades. And then she also held grudges. She judged and she shut down her emotions. So she learned to please, but then also she shut out the world from around her because she was kind of just like, screw you guys, you guys aren't safe, but it's safe here inside with me. So that's just where I'm going to hang out. It felt safer for her. So now her work is to do the inner child work so that her inner child can understand that she's not at home anymore. She doesn't live with her dad and therefore she doesn't need the same coping strategies that she at one point did. Now it's so I don't want to make her feel or make you feel like if you have some coping mechanisms that you're using 
that you've developed in a previous iteration of your life or a previous time in your life. I don't want you to make you feel like, oh, this part of me is bad or it's wrong or it's dumb. Why did I do this? Oh, so stupid. No, you have to have a lot of gratitude for that part of you because that's how you survived. That's how you made it through. You have a lot less options. You have a lot less power when you're five years old. But then once you become 25, 35, 45, 55, and so on, you have a lot more options. You have a lot more power. And you're usually not living with the same person who created the pattern in the first place. And so you might logically know that. Yes, I get it. But inner child work really allows your inner child to know because that's really what's driving the unconscious. And so you have to really let that part of you know, so that the fear response, the instinctual response of like shutting people out doesn't kick in every single time. All right, second, we talked about we talked about anger. Now, if you're walking around with a bunch of anger, it's going to be really, really hard for you to heal. Anger covers a bunch of other emotions. And it's not that anger is bad. I really want you to hear me on this. Anger is not a bad emotion. You're not a bad person to feeling angry. You didn't make a mistake or nothing wrong with you for feeling anger. Anger is a human emotion, just like any emotion. It's neither good nor bad, but it must be expressed or it festers and it can result in tempers or it can just result in just being a generally angry person who kind of just shuts the world out. So in in our call today, I suggested to Crystal that she does an FU letter or just yell and scream. And I think either one of those things will be fine. You can do a combination thereof, but you need to do something to move the anger through because underneath the anger, there's a lot of sadness. There might be some other emotions that come up and it's going to be really hard to process your inner child work if there's a lot of anger just holding out and blocking you from the emotions that are there. And third, we talked about radical self-acceptance. Now, to me, radical self-acceptance sounds a little bit like self-love, like cool, sounds like a really awesome idea, but what the hell is it? So to me, practicing radical self-acceptance is really being sovereign. And I love this word. It's one of my favorite words. Whenever I think about, you know, making a decision in my business or in my relationship with TV or with money or with friendships or with health, I always ask myself, what would help me to feel sovereign, like, especially if I'm like weighing between, should I do this? Or should I do that? Then I ask myself, what would help me to feel sovereign? Because sometimes that can help me to see, oh, I feel like I should do this because everyone else is doing this, or this is what I'm supposed to want. Or actually, there's a lot of fear behind doing this instead of doing this, which makes me feel more sovereign. So being sovereign really is just making decisions and doing things based on what makes you feel good versus based on what other people think you should do or what society thinks you should do or all of those, all of that stuff. Now, that doesn't mean being misindependent. And I have an episode on that for a few episodes back. So you can go check that out. I think actually I released it on 4th of July here in the States. So that doesn't mean being misindependent and not needing anyone or asking for help. You can absolutely be sovereign and asking for the support you want. And in fact, some of my most sovereign moments is when, okay, I don't have all the answers. I need support. And that's when I've hired some of my best coaches and healers that I've worked with in my business and and in my life as well. And you can also be sovereign and letting someone in and being vulnerable. Basically, again, being sovereign is a choice and you can choose to let someone in or you can choose to not let someone in and you can be sovereign in both of those ways. And especially when you're connected with your intuition, you're going to make a choice that feels in alignment with that. And then finally, I, and I love that this happened while we are on the call because I want you to see it in 
in action too, because I think I say this a lot, but I'm, I think sometimes the message kind of gets lost or the understanding gets lost. But you'll notice at the end of our episode today, I caught her in a moment when she felt triggered, right? I said, so what would it be like to totally accept yourself? And she said her heart started beating really fast. Okay, so look, it doesn't, it's not a great feeling. It's not that I love that she was feeling crappy in that moment, but I love that she had this experience while she was on the phone with me because this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about doing the work in real time. So if you go listen to the episode or the podcast, you know that I talk a lot about inner child work, writing a letter to your inner child, talking with her, visiting her in meditation, talking out loud, having her sit across the room from you and talk and having her talk to you back and et cetera. You know, you just do that you know, all the time so that you can really reparent and heal that part of you. But you're going to get triggered sometimes as you're dating or as you're just going about your life. Now, I don't mean triggered in in the sense that you're going to have like a total meltdown, or you're just going to have like a whatever type of thing go on. Sometimes it can just be like a physical reaction, like her heart fluttering and getting, you know, beating a little faster. And so that's a moment where I'm like, yes, you feel that that is your inner child, that is old, old fear that is rooted deep in your self conscious. And so you've got to catch that and understand what that that's what that is. And that's when a moment where you can just spin 30 seconds, 60 seconds, maybe a couple of minutes if you have it to really soothe yourself and talk to your inner child and maybe give yourself a hug and maybe just rock back and forth and say, it's okay. It's okay. I'm not in my dad's house. You're not in your dad's house anymore. You don't need his acceptance or approval to be lovable or to be worthy or whatever it is. So that's what I mean by doing the work in real time. But that becomes a lot easier when you do the work that you where you actually sit down and do it like the journaling or the talking out loud or the meditating, etc, etc. All right, my dears. So that is the episode for this week. I will be back in your inbox or not in your inbox. Well, I will be in your inbox, but also be in your earbuds again next week. I also will be here on Saturday for another bonus episode for Bachelor Recap. And I will be here with my friend Emily. And she is also a spiritual soulful sister who also has a guilty pleasure in the Bachelor land. And so I'm really excited to break down the Bachelor with her. And again, this is not a recap, like a play by play, everything that happened in all the episodes. This is really just about pulling out a few situationships that we want to break down and talk about and actually see how it might apply to your life and what you can learn from it so you don't make the same mistakes or you can grow. And I also give out some patriarchy roses, which is probably one of my favorite parts of the episode. All right, that is all I have for you today. I will talk to you all soon. And just want to let you wanted to give you a heads up that another round of the date yourself challenge is coming up. And I will give you the link to sign up for that soon. But just know that that is around the corner. And I can't wait to play with you for five days during date yourself challenge. Okay, talk soon. Thanks for listening to the love life connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember, Remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now.
softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Kristen. And this is Jen from My Mom So Hard. And we're here to talk about By Heart. Do you remember when you were nursing and you were like, I want to give the best thing I can to my baby? Well, we've got that for you. It's called By Heart. And it is a infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code MOMS20 for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Tell my mom so hard sent you. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. 